The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance brought to you by Liberty, your financial partner on however and whenever you picture retirement. You can live it your way. Hashtag in it with you. Liberty Group is an authorised FSP. T's and C's apply. The struggle to stay awake through this one, Warren Ingram. ESG. This is the boring, worthy stuff of investing, isn't it? Boring, and uh, um, I, I, I think hardly. I think it's the, the kind of the cutting <laughs> edge of, of what's going on in the investment world. Um, and, and it's kind of, to me, it feels like the first time where investors are able to put their money where their values are. You know, you know for so long, investors would be saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd like to get capital growth on my money. I'd like to invest and, and, and build wealth but I don't really want to be polluting the planet or, you know, supporting companies that, you know, that use child labor or, you know, have gender inequality in a way that they, they pay their staff or, you know, discrimination of any, any kind. So it's, it's always been the sense of discomfort for investors who, who you know, have a wider conscience. Uh, and, and, and over time, you know, this, this ESG theme has gathered more and more momentum. And there's always been the sense from the, Kind of grumpy, you know, older older people in the industry of the of the asset management industry that you know if you invest according to your values, it's going to cost you money. You're going to sacrifice growth, and uh, and and we're not seeing that. You know, the, the the numbers are telling a very different story. It seems like, you know, you can have your cake and eat it, and 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 make the world a better place all at the same time. Um, it's and it's so important that finally I think we've realized that you cannot keep extracting value from the limited resources that the world has to offer. You cannot keep um, digging holes in the ground and filling them with chemicals and expecting them to sort of naturally sort themselves out. You, there are complications, and that's why ESG, which stands for Environment, Social, Governance, right? Am I being a good boy and getting a pat on the head here? Spot on. You, 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 ten, 10 out of 10. And and I think the interesting thing about uh, about ESG investing, and especially you know more, more so around the companies that that are actually managing their businesses on a sustainable basis. When you look at those businesses and you look at the decisions that they're making, they, they naturally have to look at at their companies um, and 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 judge performance over a longer period of time. And it's one of the things that's really worried me, you know, as an as an investor in companies, especially if you look at American businesses. You know, CEOs there report the the, the growth of their businesses on a on a three monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, and so every quarter that, that you know they've got to deliver numbers and they've got to show analysts that they're you know they're doing something that the business is going in the right direction. And what that does is it, it suddenly brings the timeframes to such a short, uh, you know, short-term focus that I think they've made a lot of decisions, you know, often that are actually very poor for the long-term health and, and well-being of the company on a financial basis. So, so when you look at a CEO who says, hang on, you know, we're going to build a sustainable company that, that operates in a sustainable ecosystem of businesses, you know, both suppliers and clients, you know, we're going to do things that, that, that environmentally are good. And, and, you know, we're just, we're just going to take a much better holistic view of our business. It automatically means that they're looking at things on a long-term basis. And if you look at listed companies that do well over long periods of time, it's fascinating how often the CEOs of those companies and the management teams have, have stayed in place for a long time. And, and secondly, that really have a long-term focus. You know, Warren Buffett's, you know, he's not a great example of an ESG investor, unfortunately, but, but he is an example of a CEO who looks decades ahead 
and then makes decisions you know, now that, that should reap benefits for shareholders over a long period of time. And that's the thing that's really exciting for me about ESG investing is I think we have the opportunity now to invest in high quality companies with a long-term focus and make the world a better place. I mean, it just sounds like it's too good to be true. No, but it does. And I'm wondering whether or not there's any data which supports the fact that actually this is a decent investment strategy. I mean, yes, we should be doing it from a sustainability point of view. Yes, we should be doing this for the planet. Yes, we should be doing this for our children and grandchildren and everybody else who comes after them. What, however, uh, doesn't help is if um, we make these investments with bleeding hearts and feel so good about ourselves, but the returns are rubbish. I think there's an increasing amount of data which suggests that companies that operate in a way that is good for the environment, good for the uh, social environment, and, and do so with good governance principles, ultimately, and I don't know if this happens in the short term, but ultimately will outperform, or at least they should. You're 100% right, Bruce. I mean, I think the two big global, uh, you know, ratings agencies around fund managers, you know, is uh, the one is um, S&P, Standard & Poor's, and the other is Morningstar. You know, they deliver quality research. And, and what I like about, you know, talking about their numbers is they're not trying to sell an angle. They monitor everything. So they don't particularly care whether, you know, it's the fossil fuel companies that are doing better or the, or the ESG companies. They, they just need to monitor the stuff and, and give us something that, 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 that we can use for information. And so when you look at someone like, uh, you know, Standard & Poor's, you know, on a global basis, they're looking at these ESG funds. And, you know, interesting in a, in a lousy year, like, like last year was for a lot of uh, big fund managers, uh, and, and you look at what, you know, what did the large ESG investments do? And you know, you know, if you take a universe of of somewhere around forty of them, only six didn't do better than the market. You know, so 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 that's an astonishing number. You know, we, we know time you know time and time again we talk about how many fund managers can't beat the the index, and here we've got you know something like thirty four you know ESG funds you know smashing the index in some instances by by almost double the return, and and only six underperforming, and not one of those lost money. And and sure, last year probably you know no, no good funds lost lost money, but but the point is that that you're you're starting to get returns you know consistently higher than than the index, and and you know, doing good. I think that the investment thesis is is real, and if we look at the amount of money that's flowing into ESG funds, it's it's going up by ten times over a two or three year period. And, and we know that, you know, when you see a major trend like that, the last time we saw a trend like that was was the rise of index investing. You know, when, when investors started mm-hmm. to move away from fund managers to, to, to index investments, this kind of theme, you know, unfolded. And I think we're seeing it now. We're, we're live in a sea change of, of the whole asset management industry. And it's a critical one to watch. But you're not getting companies that are having to fight with regulators. You're not getting companies that are having to fight with their own shareholders. You're not getting companies that are ending up having to pay massive fines for destroying the environment. You're, you're not having distracted companies. You've got very, very focused companies that are acting with absolutely clear purpose. And I think maybe that's where the difference comes in because of that, that absolute focus they have on ensuring that their businesses are run properly. Well, I, I want to move on to Celeste's question this evening, and we'll do that in a moment. Um, phew, it's a long question, but she wrote it to me personally, so I'm, I'm quite enamored with Celeste. Um, <laughs> I like to think I'm smart with money, but after recently starting to listen to podcasts of personal finance with Warren Ingram, you get a mention too, I'm starting to doubt it. I would love it if you could feature my question which we're going to do. I'm very risk averse. 
So what I've done is saved up money into a 32-day notice account with low interest rates. When it reached 60000 I took it out and I invested it into RSA retail savings bond account over five years with an interest rate of 9.25%. I'm about halfway through that term now. I'm repeating the same process now, saving up to 500 rand a month. And when the retail bond matures, my plan is to take the savings plus the retail bond money and put it back into the RSA retail bond account for another five years, repeating the process. This is to save for my kids' future car university fees for another eight years or so until I need the money. If saving this way isn't a good idea, I would like you or Warren, I'll make it Warren's problem, to explain to me how I can get better returns. I'm also saving 4,200 rand into my retirement annuity. Uh, I'm paying too much in fees, so I'm moving to another provider. On top of that, 2,400 into an endowment policy, which I might as well leave as it is, for a tax-free savings account. This person, Celeste, is almost like this perfect human being. I've trimmed my expenses as low as they can do to maximize my savings pool. But somehow, I'm still doubting if it'll be enough for retirement if I don't do the right thing now. What a great question. I'm going to email this to you quickly, Warren, so you can get a bit more of the detail because it's very meaty and chunky. But Celeste is doing a lot of different things, and I think that Celeste is doing a lot of things right. Can we help her do it better in a moment? The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So Warren has been speed reading, and uh, Celeste's email is very long, and she's doing lots of different things. Money into 32-day savings accounts, money into RSA retail savings bonds, money into a retirement annuity, money into uh, an endowment policy, money into a tax-free savings account, uh, which goes into ETFs. And I mean, just there's a lot of good stuff in here. Is she doing anything wrong? Could she be doing things better, Warren? It's... um. So, so, so the, the answer is that Celeste is doing a lot right, and and it's uh, you, know, you know it's always easy you know to find fault in in what people do, and I think you know the thing about money is you know there there you know if there is many different ways to manage money as there are people I think, and so I think just just to touch on a few points, the, the first thing I looked at was what what are the interest rates on the RSA retail bonds when Celeste's current. Uh, fixed deposits and current bonds m- mature because you know that's going to be the trick is w- what are the future rates going to be and you know at the moment they're they're paying 8.25% a year and you know depending on you know uh, uh, what what your sort of personal inflation rate is you know we we know that we're in a low inflation rate environment at the moment so to get a return of you know a guaranteed return of, of nearly double the inflation rate is not something you should just disregard uh, if you're a low-risk investor. And I think that's the point that Celeste is making a few times in, in her questions is she, she doesn't like risk. She is risk-averse. And, and so, you know, my financial planning textbook would tell me that you can't put all your money in, in, in fixed deposits for periods of five to eight years like Celeste wants to do because you can get better returns from the JSE and, and from all, all stock markets around the world uh, than you can from fixed deposits. The problem is that those returns come with an element of risk. So, so looking at the return of eight and eight and a quarter percent per year for five years, if you put it into re- the retail savings bonds now, that's a good return. We we need to acknowledge it. My concern for Celeste is how much tax she pays at the moment, because all of this will be will be uh, income tax, and ah, and and so there will be a portion that the the, the, you know, the taxman allows us to earn interest free every year. But but if Celeste earns, uh, you know, does pay a lot of tax, it's possible she gives up nearly half of this as tax, 
and and that's a painful way to 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 lose money. So so I think if Celeste is a very low uh, low taxpayer and she doesn't like risk at all, then d- doing what she's doing now, uh, you know, despite what my textbook says, is probably a good strategy for Celeste. If it was someone else who said to me, "I've got five to eight years to invest and I can tolerate some stock market growth and some some stock market volatility," you know, the rising and the falling. Then I would say to her, you know, go into you know into a balanced portfolio. In the Unitrust world, they're called balanced funds, where you've got sort of two thirds in shares and the balance in cash and and government bonds, where you should get somewhere around eight to ten percent a year, and most of that won't be taxed. And that's the big difference here. So so beyond that, Celeste is doing well. I, I hate the fact that she's got a tax freeze in in, in savings accounts and fixed deposits. That they, they, they need to be in exchange traded funds. Uh, and and definitely the mix that she's talking about with you know half in the top 40 index in South Africa, half in the world index makes all the sense in the world. So so that you should definitely do, Celeste. But but the fixed deposits, I'm I'm not convinced. I, I think uh, I'd probably go into balanced funds. Thank you, Warren. I think that's a very clear and concise answer to a very long and comprehensive question, Celeste. You are a superstar. Well done. Um, and Warren hopefully has just helped you refine. Uh, refine your 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 portfolio just a little bit. I've trimmed down my expenses. This is a woman after your own heart, Warren, um, so that I can maximise my savings pool. Um, and doubt, I think doubt in the investment process is important. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have so much doubt so as to sort of debilitate yourself. But to be constantly challenging and questioning and making sure that you're on the right track surely is a good thing, right? It is, and and I think um, you know, I'm, 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 as you said, I'm speed reading. So, so one of the things to, to, to just to touch on as well is uh, lo- looking at Celeste's question around her retirement annuity. You know, the, the the thing about retirement annuities, they get a lousy reputation because some of them are offered, you know, by by insurance companies and and product providers that charge you know really high fees, and and so those fantastically high fees unfortunately destroy the growth. So, so I would say the structure of retirement annuities are actually very good. You know, the, the benefits we get are, are excellent, but you need to be in a very low cost uh, um, retirement annuity. And that means look for investment companies, look for exchange traded fund companies where, where the costs are low. And, and then by all means, you, you know, you should keep contributing okay. to your retirement annuity. And, and it's a great call. Your endowment policy, I'm not a big fan uh, in general because of the fees. So, so watch out for that. You know, be, be careful of the costs. And I think that's what what makes me happy about Celeste. She's listening to our podcasts, learning the lessons, and adapting her investment strategy along the way. And well, well done to you, Celeste. It's amazing. Okay, fabulous. Thumbs up from Warren Ingram this evening. Finally, just give me a sense of a phrase, a word, a term, and perhaps it fits in nicely with uh, with what Celeste is asking here. What is this idea of asset allocation? Yep, another piece of jargon from my beloved industry. Uh, so, so asset allocation is is getting the the combination of cash, bonds, property, and shares. So, so that mix and and you know adapting that mix for for each of us as investors or per fund or per investment is called asset allocation. And so, it's probably the most important investment decision that anybody needs to make. You know, you know. You know it's far more important to get the mix of your cash and your bonds and your property and your shares right than it is to say, let me choose you know, you know, what shares to buy and what bonds to buy. I, I think we spend so much time as an industry on, on the stock picking or the bond picking and, and those kinds of things and actually not focusing on the asset allocation. And so for an investor, you know, someone listening to this podcast who says, 
you know, where can I spend the, the most efficient time for, for managing my money? Get your asset allocation right, and, and you'll, you'll solve a lot of the big financial yeah. problems that a lot of people have because they just, they just get this completely wrong. They're, they're so focused on, on the wrong issues here and, and missing out on the really big picture. Big picture is asset allocation. You get that right, you solve the investment problem, you get it wrong, and unfortunately, you destroy the value of your money. Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital this evening on a Thursday night. Thank you, Warren Ingram.